Hi, and welcome once again to Moral High Ground. I'm trying to come to a term of understanding with the logic of society by saying I'm just completely confused and all screwed up like every other American. <laughs> but today, I want to understand is it morally right to not discipline your child? And when I say not discipline your child, I mean in the old way we used to spank children for doing wrong. You would whoop them as soon as they did something wrong. You know, I understand that most people find it to be cruel and just downright wrong. But I have to say, with my generation, you know, people getting whipped and spankings all the time. It's something that actually made people a lot better as a person and made them more, you know, able to understand the difference between what's right and wrong. Gave them a moral compass, understanding that, you know, some things are just out of control when you act a certain way and you have to be corrected. You know, and I know it sounds like I'm being all, you know, cruel and petty or whatever, you know, whatever you feel by hearing this, whatever you think. But I'm just saying, I got all kinds of weapons and stuff. And you know what? I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person and I don't invoke things on people. And I don't go around causing chaos and looking for trouble. And I'm pretty positive most people who did get these weapons and stuff were more, you know, level-headed afterwards. You know, they, they grew up and they understood that the difference between right and wrong and being out of control, you know, because they were whipped when they were out of control and doing things wrong, you know. I think it's just a weaker heart or individual who doesn't want to whip their child and I think the result of that from the past, oh, I don't know, when this all started like 20 years ago, you know, maybe 30 or something. But either way, those kids that didn't get those weapons and was told to stay in the corner, look at them now. They're running around destroying society as grown-ups. They're running around doing things that are ungodly, unhumane. They're torturing people. They're trying to blow up schools. They're trying to, you know, kill people, rape people, rob businesses. They're trying to do all this stuff. Now people like to blame things like video games or music. But it's the fact that they're just disrespectful. And they learn this disrespect from their parents by not putting the discipline in, in order. You know, there's things that are supposed to discipline a person and straighten them out. Things like, you know, the army, things like martial arts, things like sports, you know, all these things can give you a form of discipline, but discipline should start at home where the kid is raised and around their parents trying to understand the world, you know, and what better way to understand the world than from the people who brought you into this world. Now, they say, oh, Shelby, what does this have to do with being moral and morally wrong? Well, it's just 
plain and simple. Spoil the rot, man. You know what I mean? You know, lamb to the slaughter, I don't know. But I'm just saying, you know, people have to be taught behavior. Certain behaviors are wrong in society. And I think because they haven't been taught that and they weren't disciplined a certain way that a lot of behaviors are going rampant, you know, just overwhelming society. So, just a little personal question, a little tidbit, a little snippet. Do you think it's morally right or wrong to whoop a child? You know, one thing I do know some people do go overboard, and I do agree in some cases when it comes to people who just take everything out on their child and just beat them for no apparent reason. Those people should be punished, you know, and the child should be taken away or whatnot. But in other cases, I feel that, you know, it's needed. You need these things to put in set in order to control these people's up. You know, just bad behavior. You know, it's just plain and simple. You can't have everybody's not the same. You can't have everybody disciplined in a way where they're pampered and they're put up against the wall, especially when people were born different. Because, and I'm not talking about their skin color. I want to make that straight. I'm not trying to make the thing a race thing all the time on this channel. I mean, other people want to do that. That's good. But when I say born differently, I mean through genetic, you know, mutations or, you know, form of some people might have a mental illness. Some people might have a certain behavior trait. And these things, you know, you can't discipline everybody the same way. That's just my opinion, you know. But there's somebody that's got some weird sex crave or someone that's just overly violent with rage. How do you discipline them? You can't tell them to go sit in the corner all the time. It's not going to work. You know, you have to be able to, to snap it out of them. You got to snap that shit out of them. And, you know, there's one way to do that, and that's to put them into a physical state where they have to understand that this is wrong. And that's what I think the old way of, you know, disciplining a kid you know, did, and I think that's why sports and, like I said, martial arts and army and things straightens people out because they're doing so much physical strength to where their mind doesn't focus on these things, these chaotic things, and then on top of that being yelled at that they're doing wrong and that they got to do it this way and that way makes them not even think about the stuff that had them, well, it was pretty much possessing their mind and making them wicked and doing these things. So... I say that kids need to be disciplined in the in the proper order. It's not just sat around and, you know, disrespectful to grown ups and whatnot. My mom used to always say, Stay in a kid's place and you know, that makes sense to me nowadays because kids try to grow up too fast. They try to be grown ups and parents and then they wanna be all kinds of stuff that's just ridiculous. You know, all kids think they know everything most of the time anyway. But we all know they don't know nothing until they leave the parents' house, have to pay bills, and put up with ridiculous people who tend to be their friends or lover. And 
just stop them from doing things they need to do to succeed in life. And so, with all that being said, you know, I'll leave it to you to judge. Is it morally right or is it morally wrong? You be the judge. Until next time, I am Shelby Lee Kyles, and this is my freaking moral high ground. Peace be with you all. Farewell. Hi, and welcome to my moral high ground. Or should I just say moral high ground? (laughs) I was just pondering. Is it morally right to have dating websites? On top of that, is it morally right to have websites where people hook up? Does it mean that the whole human mating thing is gone absolute? You know, like, is it just the concept of the natural order of connection has distinguished and we need technology to advance our relationships? Or is it just a marketing tool? Is it something someone's profiting from? Or is the separation that people were feeling made them so disconnected to human contact and human interactions that they only feel safe and comfortable when dating online? At first, I when these things first popped up long ago, I thought they were interesting. Like, hey, you can get a woman. But as time went on and you go to try to find these sites, they all want money. And I've never invested in trying to pay for a dating website and really didn't have to because I found it easy just to talk to women. And if I'm dating one, you know, maybe a friend likes me and if our relationship breaks up, I end up with a friend or meet a friend at a party. And it's just how it happens, you know, natural order of things. But you got to think of some of these people out here that are going on these dating websites and they find it hard to connect, they find it hard to relate to people, and they're trying to find love in pretty much the wrong place where it's just a profiting tool. And some of these people that are on there are long, far gone from trying to feel a strong, connected relationship. I mean, something like OnlyFans doesn't seem like it has any damn connection at all, except for making profit off of horny perverts or people that are really lonely and desperate and obsessed with whatever female that they're looking at, or male, they might be, you know, heard there's male OnlyFans. And it's just, I think it's sad. I think this is atrocity. I think it's a way to market off of people's suffering, people's loneliness, people's agony to want to be with somebody. It's it's outrageous. And I think there should be a way where people can just go out and meet and be, you know, in a comfort zone where they can say, hey, I want to try to date these people and see what they're about. Instead of trying to go to the extremes of paying money on a website, typing a whole bunch of stuff, adding a photo. It, to me, it makes a kind of sense of a, it's kind of like a fake truth, a false personality. And that's where I guess the catfishes come in because they're 
betting on someone being so desperate, so lonely, so horny, that they would just join these websites, you know, and they make profit off of me personally. I don't see how you can fall in love with words and a picture. It's just a picture and some words, you know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, when I was a kid and people, you know, there were no internet the way it is now. It was just like DOS and stuff, <laughs> you know, and people pretty much just like when we wanted to see a naked woman or standardly clad women, you know, so you go find somebody's Playboy or buy a Playboy or, you know, or, you know, Hustler or Penthouse. And that's why these things were so profitable back then. And it would make these girls look, you know, very desirable at the same time with certain actresses like Pamela Anderson, you know, Pam Greer at one point, all kinds of other females, you know, they looked body attractive. So they, you know, you would watch their movies because basically they would be the most attractive thing you've seen, you know, and the same thing musicians too. But, you know, it's just like nowadays you can get any kind of a woman that's somewhat attractive or mainstream looking attractive like a lot of girls want to look like Kim Kardashian or they want to look like you know Nicki Minaj or something of that nature so they're putting themselves all out there people are eating it up you know and it's sad because these guys don't you know realize there's no money worth buying you know just the I mean, there's no money worth spending to buy into uh, the whole con. It's just a big con. You know, you're never going to talk to these girls. You're never going to be able to sit back and eat with them or socialize with them in the way you want. So it's, it's just somebody playing on someone's hopes and fantasies and exploiting them to take advantage out of them. And it's wrong. And I also, I also think that, you know, if the situation was better, there'd be a place where people can connect, get to know each other, see if they truly like them. And in some cases, in the olden days, that place was church. Church was a place you can go to, can meet another person that was like you, similar, and be able to make that bond. But nowadays, church is saturated and it's more to take the word of God into a whole other realm to where they pretty much belittle people and everyone's a sinner and everyone's going to hell and they make people uncomfortable and so you know you're supposed to meet people where they're at you're not supposed to go out and say you're going to hell da, 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 you know and passing judgment isn't right you know in any sense you know you're just supposed to make your own opinion okay I don't like this person I'm getting out of here forget judging them based on hypocritical opinions and things like that and when it comes to dating I think it's the harshest form of judgment because you're looking at a person you know now if it's, just, it's, a, if it's a thing where you're just having sex you're like oh I want to have sex with her based on her body or whatever and when it comes to guys you know who knows what a girl's thinking when she wants to have sex with this guy you know so it's like, because I'm a guy, I can't tell you what the hell they be thinking. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, it's the ultimate 
judgment of disrespect in a way too because you're coming as a person that admires what you're seeing you admire the form of the individual you're in love with you admire their voice their laughter their smile you're you're, you're, you're admiring their very movements their essence their presence even their their whole aura and then to be rejected is the harshest most painful embarrassing hurtful thing that could happen for someone to admire something and damn near admire them like they're a god or a goddess and so it's sad that that connection can't be found and you know held into a value or to account people are looking for something that isn't there they're all looking for their own paradise with a person their own personal pleasures and it's not right to just ignore someone that might like you that you might not find too much attractive or whatever you have no idea what that other individual has a quality of that person might be financially well you know set for those of you that are obsessed with money you know that person might have knowledge and trying to help you advance in the skill you want to learn to help you succeed that person might be able to take care of you and, and, and when you're sick and, and just love you and nurture, nurture you the way you want to be nurtured and loved you know the person might be your biggest damn cheerleader you never know but by you rejecting them you already reject the relationship from the beginning And I think this wrong. So with that being said, I mean, there's so many other things I can get into on this issue because it's, to me, the way I see it, it's a crime how America has turned into a place where people can't connect. And it seems like the only ones that do nowadays are the ones that are mostly disturbed in the head. I mean, we're talking about people who pretty much look for people that suffer like them. It's like most of the time you'll find someone that's either been, you know, abused or whatever, they'll find another person that's just been abused the same way and they're able to build their bond and their relationship. But yet it's unstable because, you know, things pass through over and over again, you know. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, it's like their parents. So the scenario keeps going and going. It's like a lot of foster children, you know, they end up getting taken away because their parent was alcoholic and stuff and things like that, and they fight. And then, you know, the kid ends up the same way and has kids, and then the same scenario happens over and over again. And so I think there's been a big disconnect over the past 40 years, I said, where families are just deteriorating sitting at the table, getting to know your family like the Sopranos or something, you know, it's not a real thing anymore. It's not an ideal thing. People, kids want to be in front of their technologies. Their parents want to do the same thing, you know. There's not really too much of a strong connection, a human bond. I believe there should be a place where people can go and just connect on that level, you know might feel awkward but a person walks into a room and then they walk up to him and say hey I like you you know would you want to date 
that type of thing. And that would be more of a exciting blessing, you know, in disguise. But dating websites, I don't believe they're morally right. And that's just my opinion. And this is why I say they're not right, because of all this stuff I'm mentioning, you know, we already got this separation. Just imagine you're talking to a girl online, you're trying to get to know her, and you're sending these messages, she might send you two or three, and then you're obsessed with it, like, oh, she likes me, but she really doesn't like you, she just had to send you something, because there's like 40 other guys trying to talk to her. I mean, let's face it, women are the most attractive out of the human species, the most beautiful of God's creations, you know, if anything, the most beautiful creation God ever made on this toilet earth. So, yes, one woman, just one woman out of however many women there is, out of millions or hundreds of women, thousands of women, you know, the one that you're attracted to is probably talking to at least 40,000 different guys at one time or receiving that many emails. So, or messages, if you will. And so, that's sad because however many women are on the site, your thing is very limited. And then a woman that's getting passed over is one that might look a little bit big or certain way. And one thing I do like about Instagram and certain things is they show women all different sizes, all different shapes. Tall women, small women, big women, medium women, skinny women, you know, all these types of women. And they're showing their beauty, you know. Yeah, it might come off in a sexual provocative nature. But it's good to finally see, because when I was a kid, they always try to show you what beauty looks like. And mostly it would always be Caucasian. It would always be skinny, you know, and they try to tell you this is attractive. And I always found women attractive that were of many different shapes and sizes and stuff. So I never really understood how skinny woman is just the attractive woman or, or a white woman to be example. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of attractive white women, but just the type that they present sometimes doesn't seem attractive to me, you know, when it comes to entertainment and whatnot, like the girl that played, I don't know what her name is, she actress that played Lois Lane, I don't find her attractive, in the face, it's just she's not, she did an episode of Smallville, I remember where she got fat, and she kept eating something that would mutate her into a fat girl, and that's way before she did Superman and, and stuff, the Man of Steel movies, I mean, and Batman and Superman Death Battle, whatever the hell it's called. But, <laughs> you know, I don't find her attractive. You know, and then there's lots of other ones I don't find that attractive. And I'm thinking, why do these people think these women are, are sexy and attractive? But that, like I said, that's the beauty of Instagram. You get to see multiple different women of different cultures, different shapes, different sizes. The only problem is, it's another place where women ignore you too. <laughs> so you can't win either way it goes. You just can't win. Okay, so, and then they're connected to OnlyFans. They'd be like, oh, check out my OnlyFans. I'm your only, you know. That's stupid, you know. But at least now people see that beauty comes in all shapes sizes and different forms through all different races and cultures amongst the planet. And that's what part I like about it. So even if they don't respond to me, I like looking at their beauty. And 
I'm pretty positive every other male on the planet does because you'll see how many views the girl gets and likes, you know, depending on who she is, I guess, you know. And, uh, well, I think if they're going to make a website that actually wants to connect to people, there should be some guidelines, some rules that a woman has to respond to, you know, the people that sign up to it, you know. Or the more importantly, don't charge men to join a website. I had a one website I was on, and I didn't pay for the service. I was just on there, and I would get all these these messages from these girls. And then this one girl was like, "How come you don't respond to me? You know, it's free. You should be able to respond to me." And I'm thinking to myself, "This shit ain't free." Memberships <laughs> like thirty something dollars or forty bucks, if I remember. And I was like, the fuck is she talking about? And at that time, I didn't realize that women don't have to pay on that site. You know, and then I started learning that more with other sites. Now they got something called Hinge, I guess, that you don't have to pay. And there's other ones where you don't have to pay. And, you know, you can just go on and talk to the girl and meet her and stuff. And that's fine and all. But... Like I said, they you know, they used to create things like hoedowns and you know, that's why they had disco clubs back in the day. That's why they had all kinds of little, you know, rave parties and stuff like that. So you can meet women and be able to socialize and I think all these things have gotten forgotten about. You know, now people go to those things just to have fun. But, you know, it's something about just going to have fun and then trying to meet a loved one or a spouse. And maybe there should be a dating site where you, where a person puts a profile on and automatically they video chat when they pick that person's name or whatever, you know, go straight to the point. No waiting for a message. That person, you know, automatically has to video chat with this person. And if they have to have multiple windows where they talking to multiple people at once, it makes more sense, I guess. You know, either way, you still got to come out your pocket, not unless they're going to make it free. You know, you put commercial ads in hell. They put commercials everywhere. They put them on your text messages, the commercials on your, your emails and your, <laughs> your websites and your video games and your damn TVs. <laughs> you can't win. They're everywhere. Okay, drive me nuts. But no, this thing is not morally right. And the only way we can get that rightness back is to try to break from the norm, maybe outlaw some of these, ban some of these. You know, people like to ban things that are cool nowadays. They ban superheroes or, you know, for whatever reason, they banned Dr. Seuss and the Muppets recently. I thought that was bullshit. And so I'm just saying, like, we'll ban some of these dating websites, ban some of these X-rated websites, ban some of these uh, social media places that don't make sense, you know. And just like, let's try to get the normal connection back where people get to know each other, do things together, go out together as a family and become friends with people who you lost touch with. And maybe that's the person, you know, sometimes meeting new people ain't good because, you know, you got to start trying to explain who you are and all this. But sometimes the friend you lost touch with is the one true friend you always had in your life. You just forgot about where you came from with that person. 
and how much that person means to you and so forth, you know, back and forth, you know, you'd be surprised. I had a friend I ain't talked to, didn't talk to for years. We went our own separate ways and we got in our 20s. And when I hooked up with this buddy again, and we were like brothers, I've been knowing him since he was three, I was like five, I think, you know, we've been brothers for years. And then I finally hung out with him again, he got kids and stuff, and the thing that's funny is this whole house, his lifestyle, same spot from years ago, 30 years ago, still in his grandma's basement, <laughs> the basement we hung out in, his kids and stuff. Got damn near a shrine to me, got damn near everything I liked, you know, same thing he liked, whatever, but a lot of stuff, you know, it's like, hey, Shelby, this and that, and I'm thinking, wow, you know what I'm saying? You try to make friends with people, but realize you always have a good friend somewhere. Someone you lost touch with, someone you might have hurt their feelings, whatever. Go find that person and see if they need your help, if they need your back. Because maybe that's the person you need. And I'm not just saying that with guys, I'm saying that with women too. Because guys can make friends with women, hurt their feelings, break their heart. You know, there's lovers you fall in love with. And then you sit back sometimes when you're with another woman or something and you say, damn, I really miss this girl. <laughs> I mean, I miss how she used to cook or we used to laugh and play footsie or fucking, you know, this, you know, whatever, you know, just like little things matter. Sometimes the little moments are better than the, than the greater moments. Sometimes they're better than the, the most negative moments in your life to cherish those moments and cherish the love and bond you have with someone in the real world not in the digital world and like I said everything in the digital world when it comes to dating is not morally right and I don't think it was made for people to think it was morally right because it wasn't made by God or anything good just some crazy man that said hey i can make money if i get people to date online ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> super villain <laughs> anyway this was my moral high ground and i'm shelby lee kyles thanking you for listening and hoping you will continue to listen to more of my podcast peace be with you all blessings upon you always Hi, and welcome to Moral High Ground. And today I'm going to be discussing about drugs. Are they morally right or not? Is it like something that needs to be in society? Is it something that needs to be branching out the way it's been doing the past oh, 10, 15 years now? I mean, weed is legal now. But think of all the crap people went through back in the day just to smoke a joint I myself been through all kinds of hell to smoke weed and now it's legal <laughs> everywhere it's not right it's simple it simply isn't worth you know these people that did get charged that did time that are probably still doing time based on some marijuana charges that happened years ago and then you have to think of how they're doing marijuana now. It's like they got the dip and dab 
marijuana and they got the edibles that if you ask me isn't worth it i mean i remember making a weed kick a long time ago when i was like oh i think i was 18 19 and i remember my female cousin came over and she started eating a damn thing couldn't stop she was like <laughs> really good stuff you know but nowadays the weed is different it's, there's something wrong with it and i'm sorry if people don't see it you know and me personally i know because i used to try to live and die to smoke weed back in the day and to me the weed now is stronger it affects your brain quicker i don't care if it's cbd or or you know whatever the hell the other ones are called you know it's all the same and it's not good to be in a society where everybody's stoned. Back in the day, it was cool because very few people were stoned and you could be a dumbass and they'd be like, oh, that guy might be stoned <laughs> or something, you know, but now everybody's stoned. And so, you know, and they always say weed is the gateway to other drugs. And so the problem with that being said that now other drugs are becoming mainstream you know, everyone's addicted to crystal meth now. You know, back in the day, it was all crackheads running around. You know, crackheads at the corner trying to get your money. Women trying to prostitute themselves off of crack. And it's sad, you know. Coke is another thing that's just sad. Anything that alters the mind is sad and bad. And ultimately not morally right, you know. A person's good character, good judgment can be lost in moments of them sparking something up or injecting something in their body. And for what? You got to think, if the body is a temple and a vessel that houses the soul and your memories, then injecting things in your body, it has to be automatically wrong. And when I say injecting, I mean through needles and stuff like that. It's just, it's ultimately wrong. And not godly at all. It should not be accepted in society at any cost, at any point. If you have to snort stuff up your nose, you know, a thing that takes in breathing fresh air, you know, the life of breath, or should I say the breath of life, you know what I mean? If it, if it has to go through your nose and stop your breathing process in a certain way or make you breathe funny, wheeze funny, I think they say that it burns a hole in your nose or some crap, then it's ultimately wrong, you know? But anything that alters your judgment to make you think in all kinds of negative ways, paranoia, delusion, uh, psychotic nature, you know what I'm saying? violent outburst it's simply not right it's, it's simply not right and if you use too much of anything it's not good so and it that goes beyond just saying drugs you abuse sex it's not good if you abuse you know a hobby like a you know like i don't know just like anything like where it takes away your judgment or taking up too much of your time is not really a good thing not unless it's something that keeps you safe 
in a good environment. You know, the only thing I can say that could be like that, that's good, that could take up hours of wasting your time is just playing video games. And that's, yes, video games can be ultimately addictive because, yes, it does the same thing as a drug. It, it you know, messes with the dopamine levels in your mind, making you feel, you know, joy and all kinds of different things. But the point of it is, it's not damaging your body. It might be expanding your mind or it might be, you know, making you think in ways that could uh, make you create something, you know, or give you good ideas in a positive nature. So video games can be something that's addictive that is good for you, but drugs ultimately changes your judgment, your behavior. And people say that, you know, there's no true proof of sin on earth. They say there's no true proof of any kind of sin, that sin doesn't really come from God. You know, like, I mean, like, God doesn't really tell you something sinning, you know. But my, I beg to differ. If you're on crack, your teeth start to rot out. If you're on meth, you start to skin starts to get bad. You start to look crazy. You know, it's just these things happen. Those are signs of being a sinner. You know, it's a sign that you got the devil inside you. And regardless if you believe it or not, just think about it for a minute. You drink too much, your kidney goes bad. Sign of, you know, or center, you know, your liver, your kidney, you know, it's all bad. It's the same thing with, you know, cigarettes, your lungs go bad. So all these things, you know, have a repercussion on the human body that's drastic. So with that being said, they are not morally right for you. And ultimately, they need to be abolished in a way. Human body should be, just as it said, as a temple. It should be to house your soul, your heart, and your memories, your passion, your desires, and your ultimately your goals for the future and your survival instincts. It should not be a place where you damage it. Now, if you can do a certain thing once and let it go, then let it go. You know, but don't be a person that's eagerly influenced to do drugs. Don't have an addictive nature. And after a while, you just get tired of stuff anyway. If you truly, you know, care about your well-being. But, you know, that's pretty much what I just had to say today. Is it morally right? If you feel it's right and you feel it's good then more power to you. But I see the drasticness of how it's destroying humanity and how society is falling fast and rapidly because so many people are on drugs in the cities and they're making it legal for them to do it. You know, they bend the laws to where people can't get arrested for having a certain amount of drugs on them. In the city of Portland, Seattle, and California. With that came an overwhelming population of homeless people. And let's not even count New York and other places where the homeless population is over hundreds of thousands of people. So it's like the drugs are damaging society in a drastic way. And I think we see the results of that now through homelessness. 
And I think it's foolishness to ignore it and it's foolishness to allow it to continue. Anyway, this is Shelby Lee Kyles and this was my mental or God dog it. I keep trying to talk about my old podcast that disappeared because it sucked. <laughs> well it didn't really suck, but it was just I don't know. But anyway, this is moral high ground and I'm glad you enjoyed listening to it today. And hopefully I made a little sense and made you think. So peace be with you all. And good night. Or good day. Or good afternoon. What have you. Blessings upon you all. Hi. And welcome to Moral High Ground. And today I'm going to be discussing about drugs. Are they morally right? Or not? Is it like something that needs to be in society? Is it something that needs to be branching out the way it's been doing in the past 10-15 years now? I mean weed is legal now. But think of all the crap people went through back in the day just to smoke a joint. I myself been through all kinds of hell to smoke weed and now it's legal. <laughs> Everywhere. It's not right. It's simple it simply isn't worth you know, these people that did get charged, that did time, that are probably still doing time based on some marijuana charges that happened years ago. And then you have to think of how they're doing marijuana now. It's like they got the dip and dab marijuana. They got the edibles that, if you ask me, isn't worth it. I mean, I remember making a weed kick a long time ago when I was like, oh, I think I was 18, 19. And I remember my female cousin came over and she started eating a damn thing. Couldn't stop. She was like, <laughs> really good and stuff, you know, but nowadays, the weed is different. There's, there's something wrong with it, and I'm sorry if people don't see it, you know. And me personally, I know because I used to try to live and die to smoke weed back in the day, and to me, the weed now is stronger. It affects your brain quicker. I don't care if it's CBD or, or you know, whatever the hell the other ones are called, you know, it's all the same. And it's not good to be in a society where everybody's stoned. Back in the day, it was cool because very few people were stoned and you could be a dumbass and they'd be like, oh, that guy might be stoned. <laughs> or something, you know, but now everybody's stoned. And so, you know, and they always say weed is the gateway to other drugs. And so the problem with that being said that now other drugs are becoming mainstream. You know, everyone's addicted to crystal meth now. You know, back in the day, it was all crackheads running around. You know, crackheads at the corner trying to get your money. Women trying to prostitute themselves off of crack. And it's sad, you know. Coke is another thing that's just sad. Anything that alters the mind is sad and bad. And 
ultimately not morally right. You know, a person's good character, good judgment can be lost in moments of them sparking something up or injecting something in their body. And for what? You got to think, if the body is a temple and a vessel that houses the soul and your memories, then injecting things in your body, it has to be automatically wrong. And when I say injecting, I mean through needles and stuff like that. It's just, it's ultimately wrong. And not godly at all. It should not be accepted in society at any cost, at any point. If you have to snort stuff up your nose, you know, a thing that takes in breathing fresh air, you know, the life of breath, or should I say the breath of life, you know what I mean? If it, if it has to go through your nose and stop your breathing process in a certain way, or make you breathe funny, wheeze funny, I think they say that it burns a hole in your nose or some crap, then it's ultimately wrong, you know? But anything that alters your judgment to make you think in all kinds of negative ways, paranoia, delusion, uh, psychotic nature, you know what I'm saying? Violent outburst. It's simply not right. It's, it's simply not right. And if you use too much of anything, it's not good. So, and it that goes beyond just saying drugs. You abuse sex, it's not good. If you abuse, you know, a hobby like a you know like I don't know just like anything like where it takes away your judgment or taking up too much of your time is not really a good thing not unless it's something that keeps you safe in a good environment you know the only thing I would say that could be like that that's good it could take up hours of wasting your time is just playing video games and that's Yes, video games can be ultimately addictive because, yes, it does the same thing as a drug. It, it, you know, messes with the dopamine levels in your mind, making you feel, you know, joy and all kinds of different things. But the point of it is, it's not damaging your body. It might be expanding your mind or it might be, you know, making you think in ways that could, uh, make you create something, you know, or give you good ideas in a positive nature. So video games can be something that's addictive that's good for you, but drugs ultimately changes your judgment, your behavior. And people say that, you know, there's no true proof of sin on earth. They say there's no true proof of any kind of sin, that sin doesn't really come from God. You know, like, I mean, like, God doesn't really tell you something sinning, you know. But my, I beg to differ. If you're on crack, your teeth start to rot out. If you're on meth, you start to skin starts to get bad. You start to look crazy. You know, it's just these things happen. Those are signs of being a sinner. You know, it's a sign that you got the devil inside you. And regardless if you believe it or not, just think about it for a minute. You drink too much, your kidney goes bad. Sign of, you know, or center, you know, your liver, your kidney, you know, it's all bad. It's the same thing with, you know, cigarettes, your lungs go bad. So all these things, you know, have 
a repercussion on the human body that's drastic. So with that being said, they are not morally right for you. And ultimately, they need to be abolished in a way. Human body should be just as it said, as a temple. It should be to house your soul, your heart, and your memories, your passion, your desires, and your ultimately your goals for the future and your survival instincts. It should not be a place where you damage it. Now, if you can do a certain thing once and let it go, then let it go. You know, but don't be a person that's eagerly influenced to do drugs. Don't have an addictive nature. And after a while, you just get tired of stuff anyway. If you truly, you know, care about your well-being. But, you know, that's pretty much what I just had to say today. Is it morally right? If you feel it's right and you feel it's good, then more power to you. But I see the drasticness of how it's destroying humanity and how society is falling fast and rapidly because so many people are on drugs in the cities and they're making it legal for them to do it. You know, they bend the laws to where people can't get arrested for having a certain amount of drugs on them in the city of Portland, Seattle, and California. With that came an overwhelming population of homeless people. And let's not even count New York and other places where the homeless population is over hundreds of thousands of people. So it's like the drugs are damaging society in a drastic way. And I think we see the results of that now through homelessness. And I think it's foolishness to ignore it. And it's foolishness to allow it to continue. Anyway, this is Shelby Lee Kyles. And this was my mental, well, God dog it. I keep trying to talk about my old podcast that disappeared because it sucked. <laughs> well, it didn't really suck, but it was just, I don't know. But anyway, this is Moral High Ground. And I'm glad you enjoyed listening to it today. And hopefully I made a little sense and made you think. So... Peace be with you all, and good night, or good day, or good afternoon, what have you. Blessings upon you all.